talking to you guys a little bit about myself. Um, a lot of you guys have heard my testimony on how I got saved. Well, today I'm going to testify on something else. I'm going to testify on something that I had been dealing with ever since I was little, ever since I was a little girl. See, um, I grew up with this fear deep down inside of me that I didn't know I, I, I had until just recently. Okay, growing up, I, I remember fearing um, sleeping in the dark. Okay, I think everybody can, can relate to that. But I remember being afraid of sleeping in the dark. I always wanted to sleep with my mom. Okay, and then a little growing up a little bit more, I feared my mom dying for some reason. I feared death that um, to come to my mom. You know, I feared um, that she would leave me. Like my mom, no way at all whatsoever ever said she was going to leave me. But I felt like when she would leave me home alone with my sister babysitting us, that she would never come back. And I grew up with that fear. So growing up, you know, um, grade school. I remember I was in the basketball team, okay? So then going into junior high, I wanted to be on the basketball team, but I didn't. The one reason why I didn't was because I, you had to try out for the basketball team. See, you know what, I, what, what happened to me? I feared failure. I feared not making the team, and that held me back. And it's something so little as that. You know, I can just see these little things, you know, coming along, growing up in different ages, all right? And then in high school, I remember fearing public speaking. This right here, uh-uh. It wasn't happening in high school, okay? So then it goes to off to college. I'm 18. I'm 19 years old, okay? <coughs> I'm in college. You guys want to know the first day of school? It's supposed to be the easiest, right? It's supposed to be, oh, I'm just going to go in, and I'm going to hear what the course is about and go home. I dreaded that day. You know why? Because that's the day that you get the course syllabus. You want to know what the first thing I did when I got the course syllabus? I'd flip that page over. I would look all the way down, and I would see if it said oral presentation. Now, that would determine whether or not I would stay in the class, and that's sad. That is very sad, and that's pitiful. You know, I would go through the course, and then when the time would come to do the presentation, I just wouldn't show up. So I'd cross my fingers and maybe pray that I would get a C or a B or, you know, not an F. But see, that's sad, and that's terrible, and that's something that I grew up with. And and up till now, you know, there was a time period where it went away. Like, I wasn't feeling it. You know why? Because I got comfortable. I wasn't with God. And I got comfortable where I was at. I was at a job where I was comfortable. I was constantly in a relationship, which being in a relationship, I think, it's just so, you know, that defines who you are. Not you. The spotlight's never just on you. It's you and that other person. So, see, that's how I would hide it, my fear. And nobody, nobody really knew that I dealt with this until now. See, when you get saved, God says, come as you are. But you don't stay that way. So when I got saved, I began to pray, God, make me more like you. Make me more like you. You know, burn away the things that are not of you. So I, he did. I mean, it hurts when he does, you know. And it's, it's hard when, when God starts to reveal your weaknesses and the things that he does that are not of him. So therefore, I am here and I stand before you today and it's all glory to him. Okay? It's all glory to God that I stand before you today because you know what? I didn't want to do this. When Pastor Joe told me three months ago that I was going to be standing here, I was like, maybe he could have given me, you know, a better notice <laughs> three months ago. You know what I'm saying? And I'm surprised I even, you know, it's like back then I wouldn't have came back to church. But <laughs> I came back, and I'm here with you today, and it's all glory to God. And, you know, he's so awesome and amazing because God, from day one, he told me that he did not give me the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. He told me not to fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and the soul. 
And the most beautiful thing that God Almighty told me, he said, my grace is sufficient enough for you, Griselda, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. That is what God told me, and that is what he continues to tell me each and every day. You know, when I meditate on his word and I trust in him with all of my heart, because I know that, that he's the one up here with me. He's the one that's going to speak. Because you know what? My flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing, and I'm going to do this for him. You know, if back in the day I wanted to do things to glorify myself, and, you know, it might have stressed me out a little bit today. I've been stressed out for three months, but it's all for God. <laughs> all right? It's all for God. I love him, and I worship him, and I desire to be more like him each and every day. And that's what, all it, it's, that's what it's all about. That's what this life is about. So I'm going to pray right now, and we're going to get into the word. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, and we just ask that you come into this place, Lord. I pray that you give these youth, dear Lord, eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying, Lord God Almighty. I pray, dear God, that you speak to them today and that you allow them to change, dear God, to make them more like you, Lord. Have your way with tonight, dear God, and I pray that you give them all understanding and clarity, dear God, in this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So if you guys can all turn to your Bibles, to John 7, 45, all right? And the title of this message is called, Can't Touch This. <laughs> Thanks for uh, the music, all right? It's called Can't Touch This, and we'll get to that in a minute. So we're going to turn to John 7, 45. <coughs> when you're there, say amen. All right. Give you guys a few more minutes. Okay, John 7:45 says, Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted? Has any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law There is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. All right? So I want to go back to there. So here we go. Jesus is in Judea, right, if you guys remember. He is in this town where people do not want him there, all right? The Pharisees and the chief priests are jealous. They want to get him out. So what they do is they don't go themselves. They send the temple guards to go get him, to remove him, to bring him back, to seize him. When they come back, they come back empty-handed. They're like, what's going on? Why didn't you bring him? Okay? They say, no one has ever spoken the way this man does. Do you guys think that's a good excuse? If somebody sends you out to go get somebody and they come back and say, he has, we've never heard anybody speak this way, I don't think that's a good excuse, okay? See, if they would have said he had a gun or he was threatening us or there was, there was a lot of people with him, I would think that's a pretty good excuse. We need more men. Let's go get him. But no, what they said was no one had ever spoken the way this man does. Do you understand what I'm saying? They didn't fear him. They didn't have compassion for him. But because Jesus Christ spoke with truth, with boldness, and with power, all right? This is, this is what Jesus does, all right? Here, let me go to my next one, okay? See, 
truth, power, and boldness. That is Jesus Christ. That is the God that I serve, all right? He walks around. He's in this place knowing that people want to seize him, knowing that people want to kill him. But he still comes in anyway. He begins to preach. He begins to talk about how streams of of, um, living water will flow from within if you come to him. That is weird, all right? And only Jesus Christ can get away with that, all right? He begins to tell them that you cannot come to where he is going, all right? That's the stuff that Jesus Christ is preaching, all right? And when he goes into this place, he knows what he's getting himself into. He knows that. He knows who he is. He has to know who he is to be able to do that. He knows his position. You know, he knows what he has to do. He needs to come with truth, with power, and with boldness. And that is why he did not fear these people. That is why he had that attitude. He had the attitude of, don't touch this. Can't touch this, right? He walked around like that. And, and people respected him. They knew that, that he was blameless, that he was pure, and that they needed more. They couldn't just, just seize him like that, all right? Let me go. All right? So the Bible talks to us about how we need to be imitators of Christ. All right? So we need to listen to his word. We need to speak to his word, speak his word, and act his word. Correct? All right. So Jesus Christ is our example. He's walking around with all this boldness. What do you think we need to do? We need to walk around with boldness. So many people in this room are Christians, right? You say you're Christians. You're disciples of Christ. This is what you need to do. You need to listen to his word. You need to speak his word. And you need to act on his word. Okay? You hear the word? Yes, you hear it here. That's great. That's great that you hear the word, all right? Now you need to begin to speak it. Like I speak those words that, that you know, that God tells me. You need to speak it. Now you need to act on it. See, it would have been so easy for me to back down and say, Pastor Joe, I'm not ready. I'm really not ready to be up here. But no, I need to act on what God is telling me. I need to trust in him and believe that his grace really is sufficient enough for me. Correct? And, and Jesus Christ, he is as bold as they get, right? So many people think that when you're a Christian, you're just weak. You know, you sit in a corner and you don't do anything and, and you can't come out and play. You know, that's what people think, really. What do you do, Griselda? What do you do on Friday nights? You don't go to the clubs, really? No, I don't go to the clubs. You don't go to the bars? No, I go to, I go to youth group, you know? See, people don't understand that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you were dead and now you are alive. This is when you begin to live. This is when it starts. This is when your life begins to have a purpose, all right? So you need to act on his word. All right, so there we go. We are imitators of Christ, correct? And this is what you do. This is Romans 12, too. If you guys want to turn with me there or you can look up here. This is how you do it. This is how, once you accept Jesus Christ into your life, this is how you do it. If you're there, say amen. Okay. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will all right so this is what this is what it means when you are born again your spirit is born but your mind remains the same you still have like pastor joe likes to call it that same stinking thinking right okay it doesn't change when i first got saved i still wanted to go do that stuff but my spirit did not let me what i needed to do is just stay focused on god listen to his word meditate on his word read his word I needed to renew my mind. I needed to memorize his scripture. I needed to hear the songs that glorified God. And oh, 
let me talk about music here. All right, because so many people are always trying to argue with the youth leaders, with Nancy, Pastor Joe, I don't know, and about music. All right, if it's not helping you transform and renew your mind, why are you listening to it? I was just having this conversation a couple hours ago. All right, if it's not helping you transform your mind, you shouldn't be listening to it. If it's not glorifying God, why are you listening to it? Why are you fighting? If you have truly given your life over to God, if you have really fallen in love with God, what do you care that you can't listen to? T.I., Little Wayne, whoever is out there, Beyonce. You don't need to listen to that stuff. You just don't. Why do you have to argue? You don't have to. You know, just let it go. When I first got saved, I just let it go. Because if I can't do what those songs are talking about, you know, why do I need to be singing it? Why do I need to be meditating on that word? When I'm sad, why do I have to turn out a song that's just going to make me even sadder? You understand? That, that doesn't work. I just I need to turn up some music that glorifies God, allow his spirit to work in me, allow his spirit to heal me, and then, you know, I can be transformed. And then I begin to renew my mind. This is what it's all about. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you've got to say, to the devil, devil, it's over with. I don't want your music anymore. I don't want the same friends I had anymore. This is what it means. You transform your mind in every way at all. I, when I first got saved, I couldn't get enough of church. And it's funny because I was here both services on Sunday, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, yeah, all the time. You know, I wanted my mind to be renewed. I had some terrible thinking. I didn't want, I didn't want it anymore. I wanted to hear God's word. I was hungry for it. You know what? And, and I, I want to be that hungry again. And, if, you know, and I'm checking myself right now. I desire to be as hungry as I was when I first got saved. And you should think that way too. If you, if you don't find yourself love, you know, wanting to be in his presence the same way that you, when you first got saved, you, something's wrong. And let me tell you, it's a scary thing when you don't want to be in God's presence, when you don't want to read his word. That is when you start backsliding. That puts the fear inside of me. Because I just cannot imagine living my life without God. It scares me. It scares me. It scares me. And the Bible talks about how what a terrible thing it is to fall into the hands of the living God. Oh, that puts the fear in me when I first read that scripture. Oh, I don't want to. God is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. He knows everything. Now, when I disciple my girls, or when I talk to girls, I tell them, okay, when, when they're trying to talk, why do I need Jesus and this and that? Okay. Imagine, everybody close your eyes and imagine like the terriblest thing you've ever done. Okay, imagine your mom or dad standing right next to you. Okay, that's nasty. Stop thinking about it. (laughs) That is disgusting. If you do not want your mother and your father in that room with you, what do you think God Almighty is thinking? Because he is in there with you and everything is being written down. Never thought about it like that, huh? That's nasty. Stop thinking about it. Okay. (laughs) All right, so let me tell you about Jesus Christ, okay? I agree 100% with those temple guards. No one has and no one will ever speak like Jesus Christ. No one has ever walked this earth like him. No one has ever started a revolution like him. He, people hate this man because he comes with the truth. He comes with the truth. We need to be like Jesus. Hold on a second. Okay, so we need to be like him because there is power in his word. There is power. We do not want to be those weak little Christians that people talk about. We want to be powerful like him. We want to go out and do things like, like him. So 
We need to speak his word. We need to not only listen to it, we need to act on it. Okay? We need to go out and, and preach the gospel. You know how, oh, man, Nancy told me the story about um, this, this lady who, who was talking about the power that people had. I guess she was a witch before. And the people who had the most power were Christians, but the only thing was that they didn't know it. They didn't know how much power they had. You understand? And that is us. As Christians, we have so much power. But we need to tap into that. We need to ask God, use me. You know, the, the Bible talks about how signs and wonders will follow. Follow what? When you preach the gospel. That's what you have to do first is preach the gospel. So first let's hear the word and then let's act on it. Okay? Let's go out, preach the gospel, and you know what? God Almighty will follow. He shows up like that. All you have to do is stay faithful to him, is remain faithful to him, and he is there. Okay? So here we go. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Okay, so let me talk to you about this. This is God's word. Jesus Christ, when he was in the, in the temple preaching, they didn't like him. They wanted to seize him. Why? Because it's, his word is alive and active. It penetrates people's souls. It judges people. It brings conviction, and people don't want to be around that. So we're going to be imitators like Christ. We need to be doing that. I'm sorry, but if people around you are, all love you and think you're just the greatest, you know, you're doing something wrong because you need to be telling them. You need to be revealing to them what is wrong. You know, if they're not saved, if they're not living the, the right way, this is what you need to do. You need to speak his word. You know, all you have to do is speak it. The word does the work already. It's already going to pierce their hearts. It's already going to judge their thoughts. And you know what? This is our job as Christians. All right? We need to tell the devil, devil, don't touch my friends. You can't touch them. Devil, you can't touch my family anymore. You can't touch this. Just like Jesus Christ was walking around with his attitude. He didn't have to say anything. All he had to do was speak the word. All right? He was walking around with the attitude, can't touch this. We need to walk around telling the devil, walking around with that same attitude, saying, devil, you can't touch my friend. Devil, you can't touch my family. You can't touch me. You can't have my mind, my thoughts. Devil, you can't touch this anymore because I belong to the living God. I am his. All right, this is what we need to do. Devil, you cannot touch me anymore because I belong to God. All right, and one of the most, you, and, and this is what we need to do. You know, Pastor Joe always talks about pe- people don't, a lot of people don't like him. You know why? Because he comes with the truth. He comes with the word. We need to do that because it's a sad day, judgment day. We all think, you know, it's going to be a sad day when Jesus Christ comes back and all of our, if our family members, and our friends are still left behind. That is sad because we had a responsibility to preach the word, to tell people they need to be born again, to tell people they need to accept Jesus Christ because he is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and that is going to be on our hands. Their blood is going to be on your hands. Look at your hands right now. Their blood will be on their hands. Think about your mother and your father. Do they know Christ? Think about your brothers and your sisters and your friends. All right? Think about them. It is sad, and it's true. Heaven and hell is a literal place. Where do you want your family members to be? Where? Do you want them with you? Because you're already saved, right? If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, where are they going to be? Where are they going to be? Where is my brother going to be if he does not accept Jesus Christ into his life? Where are my friends who think this is, I've been brainwashed, who think I've been deceived like this man here? Like the temple guards, you've been deceived also. 
They think I've been deceived. No, they've been deceived. The devil has deceived them. We need Christ. He is the only way, and we need to preach the word. We need to to die to our flesh. We need to be unashamed. So we have all these MySpace people um, things that say unashamed, and I love that. But you need to you need to really understand what that means. Unashamed. Unashamed means when you are put on the spot. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. No, I don't have sex. No, I don't drink. No, I don't want to hear that dirty joke. Unashamed means till till he comes back, you're going to be unashamed. Unashamed means that no matter what, if anybody laughs at you, if anybody wants to talk about you, call you a holy roller, call you a Jesus freak, you will stand up and say, yes, I'm a Jesus freak. I love him. Yes, I'm a holy roller. I roll with holy people. I've been called this stuff, all right? Yes, you know what? And I got offended at first, but you know what? I take that as a compliment. I am a Jesus freak, and I love them, and I have not been deceived. You've been deceived. The Bible says that the devil has blinded the minds of the people. He has blinded. He has blindfolded the eyes of the people. And, and what we need to re- pray. We need to be in prayer. We need to intercede for our family members, for our friends, for the strangers that are walking up and down the street, for the people we see every day. Guys, just pray. Just get into that mentality to just pray, pray, constantly pray. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that your prayers are not being heard. God hears everything. And if you have not heard one of your prayers been answered, what's going on? How are you living? You living right for God? You need to, if you're not seeing God move, if you're not seeing him answer one of your prayers, something is wrong. And you need to check yourself. You need to reevaluate what you're doing. Because this is no joke. This is life, guys. This is not about religion. This is not about I'm coming on a Friday night to chill, to meet with my guy I can't see because my mom won't let him. This is church. This is God's place. This is where we meet to learn about him. And I, I, it breaks my heart, guys. But if you're coming here and you're hearing the same message over and over, what a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That just comes back into my mind. It's a terrible thing. He loves us. He's loving. He's caring. But you know what? He is just. He is righteous. And he will have his day. You heard his words. If you don't accept him now, he will say, away from me. I never knew you. That is sad. But it's true. And people want to say, well, your God is mean. No, my God is he's righteous and he's just. And he is giving you an opportunity today to accept him. And if you want to play games with him, you know what? Tomorrow is never promised. Tomorrow is never promised. You do not know what's going to happen when you walk out these doors. And I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And if it's piercing your soul, well, so be it. That's good. That is an awesome thing. Let me tell you one of the most powerful things that Jesus Christ said when he was here on earth. John 3, 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom unless he is born again. And Pastor Joe asked me the other day, if you had one opportunity to preach, what would you preach on? And I said this. So I worked this in here. If you have not been born again, this is your opportunity. Today is the day. If you have come up to this altar and you have said the words, they're just words. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to truly believe it in your heart. See, nobody ever explained this to me when I was going to youth group, when I was 16. No one explained to me that. When you come, you have to believe it in your heart. You have to believe that you are saved and that you will be sanctified. 
It's not about I'm going to accept Jesus today, I'm going to go sin. Next Friday I'll be here again and I'll accept him into my heart again. No, 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 no. That's not how God works. You don't play with him. That is not how he works. You come, you ask him into your heart, you believe in him, and you live for him. When you fall, his grace, his mercy, they catch you. That's it. But you don't, you don't do it intentionally knowing that God is going to forgive you. That's not how it works. If you have not been born again, today is the day. You accept it into your life. Your spirit is birthing you. You transform your mind. You go out and you say, devil, you can't touch this anymore. You cannot touch this anymore because I am his. That's it. You need to stand up and be bold about something. People want to be bold about their gangs. They want to be bold about, you know, well, they're going to stand up to their mom and be bold. Stand up to the devil. You know why? Because there's a fight going on for your life right now, and you are fighting for the wrong side. That is what it's all about. Christ is giving you an opportunity. Accept me as your Lord and Savior, and he will live inside of you. That's it. You live for him. It's that simple. Lord, I accept you. Now change me. The change comes. Yes, it hurts. You know what? He never said it was going to be easy. He said, in this life, you will face many trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's it. You trust in him. You give it to him daily. Not Fridays, not just Sundays, daily, every single day. There is power in the word of God. You need to take him at his word. You need to trust him and just live for him. That's it. You know what? I feel like I'm a mom right now yelling at some of you guys right now, but I need you to understand this is my last day and maybe my last time talking to you. I love you guys, and you know who I'm talking about. And I have seen you in this place so many times every Friday, and you come in this place with attitudes, and like, we've, like we owe you something. It's not even that. We're not here. We're here to serve God first, and then we give it all to you. But it hurts us. You know, to see you living the same way that, you know, a year ago. I've been here for a year, and he's changed me this much. How much more can he change you if you've been here for two or three years? Give it to him. Let go of this world. Let go. Let your flesh die. You need to pick up your cross and follow him. That's it. You let go of the friends who are hindering you, the boyfriends who are hindering you, the TV, the movies. Let go. Let go. It's not worth it. What good is it if you gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? What good is it? You can have a million dollars. You can be Bill Gates. What good is it if in the end he's gonna, it's all going to burn up? All going to burn up. It's going to be gone. So I leave you with this, and I'm going to ask Pastor Joe to come. These are the most powerful words that Jesus Christ ever spoke. And it, and it can be misinterpreted sometimes but this is what it means just accept him into your heart as your lord and savior say devil you can't touch this anymore i give you my life i give you my heart that's what it's all about and if you've never had the opportunity no one's ever explained to you what what being born again means it it means that you were born a sinner you recognize that you're a sinner that you are going to repent that you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior that he's going to come into your heart today and he's going to make you new if you've given your life to God before and it's just meant nothing to you, today is the day that you can rededicate your life to him. Today is the day that you can start brand new. All things will pass away. And I want you guys to just think on, think about that. Nothing in this world is worth, is worth um, going to hell over. Nothing. Just give it to him. God is in this place and if you guys... You want to just close your eyes and just meditate on the things that, that you need to leave behind. Just do so. 
It doesn't matter who's in this room right now. It doesn't matter who's to your left or to your right. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It's all about God. It's it's to glorify his kingdom. These days will be gone like this, and and eternity will just come like that. We'll be with God, we'll be with Jesus Christ, and we'll live with him, and and that's for eternity. But think about the ones who are going to be in hell. That's for eternity. That's for eternity.